Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and we're in Revelation 9 today, starting Revelation 9, and as we get into the book of Revelation, oh, first of all, i got to do a shout-out, Nyack Basketball, I'm wearing the Nyack Basketball shirt, uh, they're having their last game of the regular season today, then starting playoffs, but it's just so exciting, they actually had a modified season, actually got it in, it was a miracle season, and, uh, and also, uh, on the back, I have Sarah Wilson, number 30, all right? Uh, really proud of her, the miracle of her getting to play and the team getting to play and uh, lots of miracles this season. And speaking of miracles, we're in Revelation 9, as I mentioned, and we're starting that today. And it's pretty getting wild now. It's getting wild as we get into Revelation 9 and, and beyond. It's even getting even wilder, I should say. Are you ready for what is coming our way? Are you ready? Are you ready? You better start preparing spiritually and in every way right now for what is coming. This last year that we experienced was very crazy, but it's nothing compared to what we see in Revelation. It's a little blip compared to what we will see in the end times, which I believe are coming very, very quickly. Could the, the, the light could turn on any, any moment. It's, it's coming. Jesus could come any time. Uh, it, it's all being set up. We can see it in the Bible and in the news, that what's going on, connect the dots. Now we saw last time in Revelation 8, we saw the, the beginning of the trumpet judgments and we saw the first four and now here in first four and now here in chapter nine, we're going to look at the fifth and sixth trumpets, okay, which are even worse if possible than the first four, even worse. Now in the first four, the, they were inanimate objects versus nature. Okay, that was different. It was inanimate objects versus nature. It was the first one was fire and hail that burned up the trees and grass. And and as we saw these first four, some people were affected, some were killed, but the target was the earth. It was the sea. It was the rivers. It was the sun, moon, and stars. That was the target. <clears throat> but we see a dramatic shift here in chapter nine with the fifth and sixth trumpets. Because now we have living creatures that are being sent against the earth. Living creatures, demonic creatures, and they're not going after the, the, the nature. They're coming after human beings this time, okay? It's like a, a sci-fi, as we read this, it's like a sci-fi horror movie, only this is for real. And they're targeting humans. And then we'll see next, as we move on beyond this chapter, that the seventh trumpet unleashes seven bold judgments, and that is the bloody climax of God's wrath upon the earth, okay? All right, it's going to be cheerful. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that as bad as it is today and as bad as it's going to get, we know where we're going. We know who's in control. We know that you are in control, that you are allowing these things, that you are bringing judgment. But we also are going to see today that you, your people are protected from your wrath. And we're so thankful that we know that we are under your protection. Nothing could touch us without your permission. We pr I pray that every person who hears this would know for sure they have put their faith in Jesus Christ. They have that protection. They have, they have the assurance that they will spend eternity with you someday. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's read the fifth trumpet. Chapter 9, starting with verse 1. <clears throat> the fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke... 
<clears throat> and out of the smoke locusts came down upon the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their head, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like the like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had a breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails and stings like scorpions, and in, in their tails, they had the power to torment people for five months. They had as their king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon. Woo! Here we go. Now, once again, we see a parallel with Exodus. With Exodus. We see a parallel because these are, these are like locusts coming out, and we know in, in Exodus, we saw the locust plague. The locust plague in Exodus chapter 10, verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over Egypt so that the locusts will swarm over the land and devour everything in the fields, everything left by the hail. So the, the each of these trumpet judgments have a, has a parallel in Exodus. Exodus is a picture, really a, a picture, a physical picture of what's going to happen in, in Revelation. But these, these locusts are different. These are locusts with an attitude, as we'll see. Well, let's, let's pick it up with verse 1. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. The abyss. Now, we're not talking about a fallen rock star or a fallen athletic star, athlete star. This one is an angel, okay? This star could, uh, the word star here in Revelation can refer to either a, a, an actual star or to an angel. The context is what you look for. And the context tells us here that it's an angel and we can see his actions here. Now, this, this angel, this angel that opens the abyss could mean Satan, could be referring to Satan because we saw, we see in Luke chapter 10, in Luke chapter 10 verse 18, Jesus says, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He saw Satan fall like a star from heaven, like lightning from heaven. And he goes on to talk about Satan there. <clears throat> and now this could be Satan coming down to, into the abyss to let out his helpers, the, the, the demons that are trapped there. <clears throat> But in light of Revelation 20, in Revelation 20 verse 1, I believe, well, I'm going to read that, and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. We're going to see that when we get to Revelation 20. It's most likely an angel sent by God to open the abyss. Very, very likely. Now we see back in Revelation 9 verse 2, when he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like smoke from a gigantic furnace the sun and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss so we see the abyss uh here talked about the it's the idea of a bottomless pit a bottomless pit have you ever thought you were in a bottomless pit i remember on the farm we used to build straw tunnels through the through the straw and through the hay and one time my brother bill and his friend ed uh they built a straw tunnel 
and and they said, Chuck, come and come and I was bringing the the wagons and and throwing the straw to them. My dad and I were doing that, but they were stacking the straw and and they built a straw tunnel. And they said, Chuck, come on, look. And I, I saw on the side the, the straw was all like you know. 30 feet high now stacked and right maybe 20 feet high there was an opening in the straw I'm like a tunnel we built the tunnel come on Chuck you get to go in the tunnel first I said oh this is going to be great and they said okay follow us and they ran in the dove into the tunnel they start crawling I start crawling <clears throat> it's pitch black you cannot see a thing you you can't it's so dark in the straw tunnel right and I'm going through and all of a sudden I felt nothing I was falling it felt it was the most bizarre crazy i'll never forget just falling falling head first into nothing in the darkness into nothing it, it, i had an experience of what a bottomless pit would feel for just a minute and then crash i hit the bottom then i could hear laughing ha ha we got you we got you they had built their tunnel but they had well, as they stacked they had built like a a, a, a pit about 14 feet deep it was deep and it was it was really deep and i had fallen head first and I was, i'm like you know i'm dazed i'm getting out of the house like i didn't break my neck so i come crawling out there laughing i said that was great let's get everybody else and we even got the rest of our siblings we got the neighborhood kids and anybody who came to visit for the next couple months we would take them through that tunnel you know and you we would be crawling and, and they there was ledges on both sides and you knew where it was coming you would crawl on that ledge but the person behind you had no idea they would go crashing down we had three four people crashing down together oh how how we never had no one's neck was broken we, was, think about this right it's crazy but there's guardian angels in on farms i'm convinced that my mom always said you you guys all had guardian angels but the feeling and that was the 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 idea here no one was hurt but it was a freaky feeling but that is the picture that straw pit tunnel was a kind of a, a, a quick experience of this bottomless pit this abyss that's the idea and so the abyss is open we're going to talk about a little bit more about the bottomless pit in just a minute but the the abyss was open the top was taken off and smoke comes pouring out it's like taking the lid off a volcano lord of the rings mount doom it was just like pouring out pouring out and and a lot of other terrible things came out with it which we're going to read about here uh verse uh uh well we'll read about it in just a minute uh but this the abyss the reason these demonic creatures come out is this was a temporary hell for demons that was uh, for fallen angels okay in the bible you have hades and and but but the thinking the 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 thought for the old testament believers at least that they believed that hades which is where the the evil were sent uh the, the hell part of it hades they believed that there was a bottomless pit at the bottom that's not in the bible but that this was the thinking of the of the hebrews that there was a bottomless pit at the bottom for demons and it was hotter than hot as hot as it could possibly be now we see this abyss many times in the bible especially in revelation in revelation Revelation 17.8, listen to this. In Revelation 17.8, it talks about this abyss. If I can get the page to turn. And it says, <clears throat> The beast which you saw once was, now is not, and will come up 
out of the abyss and go to his destruction. There's a, a beast that's coming out of the abyss. Wait till we get to Revelation 17. We'll see that. Revelation 20. I already read verse 1, but I'll read it again. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. The abyss is also the place where Satan will be chained for the millennium. He And, the, and after that, he's going to end up in the lake of fire along with everybody who doesn't follow God, doesn't put their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, that's all coming later on. But the abyss is a temporary holding place, horrible place. In Luke chapter 8, in Luke chapter 8, it says, in Luke chapter 8, verse 30, in verse 30, um, we have the demoniac, okay? The demoniac, and Jesus comes, and, and the, the demoniac is, is, is so strong, he's has power. They tried, people have tried to chain him up and hold him down, but he has demonoids. You've heard steroids. He has demonoids. He can break the chains, right? And, and then it's, when Jesus gets there, Jesus, they start freaking out. The demons start freaking out. But listen to what they say to Jesus. They say to him in chapter 8, verse, oh, sorry, I keep missing it. Uh, chapter 8, verse 30. Ah, oh, here we are. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. So he was full of demons, right? And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. They didn't want to be sent into the abyss, all right? And so Jesus agrees. He sends them into the herd of pigs, and we end up with deviled ham, all right? You know, they charge over the cliff. They all die. Uh, but, but see, what we see in the Bible is that some demons are free to roam the earth. Some are afraid to roam the earth right now. Others have been imprisoned in the abyss until the tribulation. Why were they imprisoned in the abyss when some are allowed to go free? Well, Genesis 6 gives us a very strong hint on that. In Genesis 6 verse 1, it says this, When men began to increase in number on the earth, and we're talking about Noah's time and the flood, uh, and daughters were born to them, when the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they married any of them they chose, then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them. They were heroes of old, men of renown. So we see these angelic creatures, Some apparently some angels, had relations, sexual relations with women and birthed these supermen is what they birthed, all right? The book of Enoch was written between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's not in the canon, but it is, is quoted in the New Testament. So obviously there was a, there's a spiritual authority with it, but not canon. But the, the book of Enoch said that some angels, fallen angels, came to earth, seduced women, and taught people to worship idols and demons. All right? That's what they did. And God then was so upset by that and it had perverted the, the human race so badly that he used the flood to destroy this idol worship and he used it to destroy the offspring of these Nephilim and, and wipe out their evil influence. That's another reason why the earth had gotten so wicked because of the demon demonic influence. Then he put these particular angels in Jude verse 6. There's only one chapter in Jude in Jude, verse 6, he put these particular angels into the abyss. Not all the demons went into the abyss, but these particular angels went into the abyss. Verse 6, 
of Jude, and angels who did not keep their position of authority but abandoned their own home, these he kept in darkness bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. So very likely these are the ones that were put in the abyss, were the ones that, that came down to earth and, and, uh, and, and took on some kind of human form and birthed children. Uh, let's see. So these, these, these particular, other demons are allowed to roam, but these particular demons were kept in the abyss, are kept in the abyss. Let's look to see what they look like now after they've been cooking for the last 5,000 years. We're going to see they're very antisocial. <laughs> very antisocial. Uh, we'll go back to Revelation chapter 9, verse 4, where it says, They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their forehead. We're going to come back to the protection that we as Christians have later, but but these, these locust, demonic locust creatures are the opposite of regular locusts. Regular locusts eat grass and they don't bother people, right? But these locusts have an attitude. They're anti-veg, vegetarians. They avoid greens. They, you know, they attack people. Verse five, they were not given, they were not given power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of a sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. They're going to have a scorpion Thing, okay? The, these, these, these creatures have now morphed. They've morphed. They've taken on a locust-like form. In fact, I think I didn't read verse 3 on that. I meant to read verse 3. Out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth and given power to, like that of a scorpion. They're, put them all together. You see, these locust-like creatures are going to come and sting. They, they have taken on a, like a, a locust form. I remember the, there was a show, Falling Skies, about aliens coming down. And the aliens, when they got to the people, uh, they, and when they, they, they would, transform them to skitters. Remember the skitters? They, they, human beings turn into skitters and then they would attack other people. And, and that's, these creatures were very similar. They, they remind me of these, these locust-like beings. And that's, that's what these beings are like, okay? But they, they have a scorpion sting. These demonic creatures, locust-like creatures have a scorpion sting. Sting, one of the most painful insect animal stings known to man is, is a scorpion sting. It sets the nervous system on fire. It's terrible. The Romans, when they would train their soldiers, their commando soldiers, they would jab them with arrows, Roman arrows, and they would jab them and they would say, you can't scream, you can't make any noise, you're not allowed because that's how they trained them for their commando training. They jab them with an arrow. But when they landed in North Africa for the invasion, they would step on scorpions and be stung by scorpions and they would scream. You know, these commandos that were trained to not make a, say a word, they would scream out because it was too painful. They couldn't help it. And that's what this scorpions thing was like. It was so painful. It says all, everybody's going to want to die from this. But no assisted suicide allowed. No, they aren't going to be able to die. Why? How could they not die when they want to die? Maybe it's because they're paralyzed so they can't kill themselves. They're paralyzed. Like, think of, uh, you know, the hobbit, Shelob, when she stung, uh, uh, was it from... Frodo, Frodo, uh, Lord of the Rings stung Frodo, uh, and they, he was paralyzed. He couldn't move. Maybe it's, they, they'll be paralyzed. Maybe it's because 
because of the condition of people, people are going to be afraid it's contagious and they won't come and help somebody to die. They won't go near them to assist them. They're going to just leave them in their, in their hospital beds or in their houses. Uh, you know, they're no, I don't trust you. Know, think of COVID, right? You know, two, two, I'm not going near them. They, whatever they got, I don't want it, you know, and, and they won't even go and help them die. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're protected. Maybe this thing is going to carry some kind of an antibody, uh, or, and it keeps the heart beating no matter what happens to that, that person. Who knows? Somehow they're not going to be able to die. <clears throat> Why? Well, this is a punishment, but there's also grace involved here. If the person is not a Christian yet, but still hasn't taken six, the number 666, there's still hope for them. Once you take the number 666, you're done. I believe many people who think they're Christians now are going to be taking that 666. When it, we'll get to that later in Revelation. They're going to take it, but but don't take it. Don't take, don't justify. Well, you gotta take it if you love your neighbor. If you want, you know, you gotta take this, this mark to show that you've been whatever. You're going along with what we've got going on here, right? And if you really care about people and you're not gonna be able to get on a plane and fly without this proof of this, this 66, you know, listen, don't take it. But anybody who has not taken it, there still is hope for that person in the book of Revelation. There's still hope. If they haven't taken the mark of the beast, the 666, there is still hope. And God allows these people that have been stung, if they still haven't taken the mark, that have been stung, to experience hell on earth. Hell on earth without, with, with, without a chance to escape from that. And maybe they will turn to God and put their faith in Jesus Christ. They're getting a chance. As much as this pain is, it's a chance. I see this many times with people. They experience some horrible disease. I re, I remember when, when AIDS first came out and, and so many people were, were getting AIDS and, and, and so many Christians were saying, that's punishment. And the other side was saying, no, it isn't. We gotta save these people, come up with a cure so that, and, and and really their goal was that there would be no ramifications. There would be no consequence to their sexual sin. And But I saw that God was giving grace. God allowed these people who were headed to hell. Sexual sin, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual, it's hell. Headed to hell. And, and, and that's where that sexual sin is very serious. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Uh, you know, God says sexual sin will take us to hell. It's impossible for a true Christian to live unrepentant sexual sin, whether it's heterosexual, homosexual, pornography, adultery, premarital sex, doesn't matter. You, you, it's impossible for a Christian to live unrepentantly, no conviction, just living this openly. They, they, you are going to hell. There's no doubt about it. The Bible teaches it. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11. to Going to hell. And, and so God, in His mercy allowed AIDS to break out. And I know many people, heterosexuals, homosexuals, that rethought the whole sexual sin thing because of that. Even those who got AIDS, as bad as it was, I saw, I know people personally who put their faith in Jesus Christ in the midst of their disease because they came to the to realization that sexual sin was deadly, they came it was it was going to condemn them to hell. They came to the the realization that all the people who used to love them didn't love them anymore, didn't want anything to do with them. They were 
you know, lepers in their eyes. That was, that was God's mercy. That was God's grace given to them. And I really, and that's the same thing. God often will give us some a painful affliction to save us, to turn us to Jesus Christ, to turn us away from a sinful stronghold. The Christians, it's discipline then. It's not, it's, it's discipline, but it, to turn us away from sin and get us to refocus on Jesus and our faith. God uses that, these very things. And I really believe God is going to allow these things and people to stay alive so that some people will turn to Jesus Christ. They're going to experience hell on earth and realize they don't want to spend eternity in hell. That's what they're going to feel like for eternity. That, that burning. And, and so that, that is God's grace and God's mercy. Now let's look at what they really look like. <clears throat> these, these demonic creatures. Verse 7, the locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were <clears throat> something like crowns of gold and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like a woman's hair and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails and stings like scorpions and in their tails they had the power to torment people for five months. You want to know what demons look like? That's a description. The New Age movement, there's all these, you know, these celestial beings that are giving us new knowledge and leading us down these paths of, uh, uh to hell. And, and they see these, these alien creatures in the New Age movement. That, that's not what they really look like. They're, they're, they're putting on a fake facade. What they really look like is this, you know, the sci-fi movie the horror movies have it a lot, a lot more on target with this. They're they're horrible. They're demonic, right? And then verse eleven says they have a king. They had a, as a king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abed, Abaddon, and in Greek Apollyon. Apollyon. The king of this demonic army is here. He's the angel of the abyss. He's Satan's top general, right? And it reminds me of, of Lord of the Rings when they had the king of the damned. Remember the king of the damned? The army of the, of the dead in Lord of the Rings? That's what it reminds, that's what this guy is like. Remember that? <clears throat> Abaddon in Hebrew is a Hebrew word for destruction. Apollyon is Greek for destroy or exterminator. And that's what these are. We usually exterminate insects. These insects are going to try to exterminate people, right? The tables have been turned. And the goal of these people are to destroy human beings. They're given permission to carry out God's wrath, to sting them, to torture them. That's always demons. That Satan and his fallen angels, that is their number one goal, their ultimate goal. They hate us. They're just chomping at the bit here in the abyss, waiting to come out upon the earth and get us. They, 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 they hate us. We have been made in God's image. We, it reminds when they see, uh, when, when the, these fallen angels see us, it reminds them of God. We're made in His image. Even fallen, we're still the image of God there that you can see. And, and it reminds them of that. And it's also envy. They hate us because God placed us over the, over these angels. We're, we're actually in his image. Angels weren't made in God's image. They aren't sons of God. They're special and they're awesome and we love the, God's angels. Uh, we're thankful for them. They serve us and they help us. Uh, but, but, but those who rebelled didn't want to be put underneath a whole nother, uh, species. They didn't want to be put under the human beings. And we see here that they come and attack and look what happens. They can attack 
everybody who doesn't have the seal of God on their forehead. If you are not a Christian, you have no spiritual protection. No protection. You, you They often don't want us to see, if we're non-Christian and we're in sin, they don't want us to see them, so they stay incognito. And they, they, just, they just try to work, encourage us long to sin and to stronghold addictions, strongholds, the Bible calls them strongholds. Uh, they, could, they could even possess if the doors are open enough, they can even possess a non-believer, possess them and take them over. Now, Christians, they cannot possess us, but they can gain influence over us if we open the door. They can't force their way in, but if we open the door, they can gain influence. They can't take us to hell, but they can neutralize us and disfigure us. They can't touch us, so they tempt us. And they use deception to buy their lies, to buy the lies, and, and, and to open the doors. And once we open the doors, they can oppress us, not possess, but oppress us, demonize, demonize, uh, demonize us in some way. Not the full possession of a non-believer, but they can definitely demonize Christians. They can get us to open the windows and doors and, and, and have strongholds in our life, spiritual strongholds in our life. I encourage everyone to read Victory Over the Darkness or Search for Significance. And, and 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 get your freedom. Shut any doors. Make sure you are free. Get you know, talk to someone. Break any strongholds. Live free. If you need some, you need connection with someone to get that freedom. Email me nhcc at comcast.net. I will connect you with a good Christian counselor or a good church that can help you break strongholds in your life. Because Christians, we should, Satan shouldn't have a place in our life. We it only happens if we give him a, a foothold. A foothold, uh, like Ephesians talks about. Give, don't give the devil a foothold. And very important that we don't give him that. But, but as Christians, we can't be touched. It, it, without giving that foothold, we can't be touched. Re- Revelation 9, verse 4. <clears throat> they were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. If, if you are a Christian, the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the moment you say, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin. I repent of that sin. I turn away from that. I ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. His death on that cross, His resurrection from the dead, I'm putting my faith in Him for forgiveness and to give me a brand new life. A brand new life. I put my faith in Him. The moment you do that, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. And we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We're sealed. And and nothing can touch us. Alright? Ephesians 4.30 Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. You have been sealed and and Satan and his demons can't touch us. We are now under God's protection. Job 1.8.9 Satan says to, to God, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? And he said, Of course Job. You know, Job only follows you because you I can't touch him. Which wasn't true. But the point is, nothing can touch us. We are under God's protection spiritually and in every way. We're driving our car, can't crash without God's permission. Plane, can't crash without God's permission. Terrorist attack, can't touch us without God's permission. Coronavirus, I know Christians are just terrified of the coronavirus. Now listen, we should be careful, we take our precautions, blah, blah, blah. But, But we shouldn't be terrified because it can't touch us. Without God's permission. You cannot get the coronavirus unless God allows it. You cannot die of the coronavirus or anything unless God allows it. That's why we don't fear. Don't fear. 
I'm not talking about being arrogant. I'm not talking about disregarding safety and driving our car 100 miles an hour. I'm not, not talking about that. You know, I'm talking about not being afraid. The fear part is what I'm getting at. We should not be afraid. If, and if we are hit with something, if it's, if, say we're hit with coronavirus, say we're, you know, and we're, we're, we're struggling for our life or something, we're hit. If anything hits us, there is a purpose. God has allowed it to grow us, to refine us, to develop a closer relationship, or to bring us home to Him. There's a purpose anytime something touches us. We don't have to fear life's tribulations because we are under God's mercy and grace. We don't have to fear the ultimate tribulation, time of tribulation. We don't have to fear it because, well, first of all, hopefully we're going to all be raptured before it even happens. Pre-trib, we're praying for that, but, you know, we don't know for sure, so prepare for the others, right? Prepare for pre-wrath or or post-tribulation rapture. Prepare, but we're hoping, we're praying for the one, voting for that, voting, all right? Uh, So, but... But there'll either be a rapture or just like in the Exodus, this is a second Exodus, we will be under God's protection. God's wrath, these, these beings can't touch us. God's wrath won't touch us. Man's wrath, lots of persecution, gonna get hit, hammered hard, just like is happening in many parts of the world and coming here soon, been talking about that. But, but God's wrath will not touch us. How can that be? God is going to protect us. Just like these demonic creatures are attacking uh, non-believers, but they're not attacking believers in Jesus Christ. God will protect us. We see that in Exodus. And Exodus chapter 8 talks about the distinction that God makes between the Egyptians and, and the people of God. Verse uh, Chapter 8, verse um, 23. When Moses stretched out his hand and staff toward the sky, the Lord set thunder and lightning and flashed down to the... Oh, I'm on the wrong one. I knew it. I knew I was reading the wrong one. Chapter 9. Chapter, I already read that one uh, last time. Chapter 8. Chapter 8. Here we go. Chapter 8, verse 22. But on that day, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction... Get that. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will occur tomorrow. God will make a distinction. He made a distinction in Exodus and he will make a distinction in the time of Revelation. Any, if we're still here as Christians or if you become a Christian after a, a, a rapture, then there's still going to be a distinction. God's wrath won't touch us. We are, we have, when we become a Christian, I said Ephesians 4.30 and do not Grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you've been sealed for the day of the redemption. The, the moment we've become a, a, a Christian, we have been sealed by God. Nothing can touch us without God's okay. Our Father, our Dad's okay. Unless we open a door, then we got our own problems, right? Got to go, go right back to God, mercy and grace, right? But nothing can touch us without God's okay. I was reading uh, Gospel for Asia Great, great book if you've never read uh, uh, Revolution and World Mission about Gospel Frasia. Great book if you've never read it. But I never forgot, I saved this story about Jesus Das. Jesus Das uh, was a native a missionary. He was in uh, India, I believe. And he was trying to help people be set free from the demonic uh, beings, but the uh, the priests were outraged. They warned Jesus Dad, if you didn't leave the village where you became a Christian and stopped sharing about Jesus, they're going to send their gods to kill him, his wife and children. But Jesus Dad did not leave. He continued to preach, and the villagers continued to be saved. So now you have a showdown. They're going to send the demons to attack him, and they they kill him, his wife. 
Finally, after a few weeks, witch doctors came and asked him the secret of his power. This is the first time our power did not work, they said. We asked the spirits to go kill you and your family, but the spirits came back and said they could not approach you or your family because you were always surrounded by fire. Then we called more powerful spirits to come after you. But they too returned saying, not only were you surrounded by fire, but angels were also around you all the time. Jesus Das told them about Christ. The Holy Spirit convicted each of them of their sin for following demons and the judgment to come. With tears they repented, renouncing their gods and idols and received Jesus Christ as Lord. It's still happening. It's still going on. We are under God's protection, just like we see here and just like we're going to see in Revelation. Do, do, we, do you understand that you have that spiritual protection? Do you understand who you are in Jesus Christ? Do you understand the spiritual power that we have? What we have, are we living in that power? Once again, search for significance, a victory over darkness, uh, the bondage breaker, some books I would really encourage you to read and to study and to, to grasp the, the truth and the power that we have. Do you, maybe you're, you're listening to me today and you don't have that power because you're not a Christian yet. You don't have that protection. You don't have freedom in Jesus Christ. You're at the whims of Satan and his demons. You, but you can have that freedom today. You can have that, that victory today. You can have that protection today through by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, by being forgiven of your sins, putting your faith in Jesus Christ, receiving the Holy Spirit inside, and being sealed by God, you can have that today. Jesus took our agony on the cross so that we wouldn't have to experience this tribulation. So we wouldn't have to experience eternity in hell. Jesus went through hell on that cross so that we wouldn't have to experience hell for eternity. So we wouldn't have to go through the tribulation at, at the mercy of these demonic creatures. You can be set free. You can come under God's protection right now. You can receive the Holy Spirit and the seal of God right now. Right now. Do you want that protection? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. Do you want that protection? Do you want the Holy Spirit to be living inside of you? Do you want to be sealed by God for all of eternity, from this moment through all of eternity? Are you ready to surrender your life to Jesus Christ? Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ? You don't have to wait for some horrible event to happen, coronavirus or being tortured by demons in Revelation 9. You don't have to wait for that to put your faith in Jesus. You can do it now. You can receive the Holy Spirit now. You can have God's protection and help through life's tribulations now. But the first step is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. You can do that now. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. You can do it now. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes on Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Are you ready to believe in Jesus? It's not an, it doesn't mean in your intellectual, in your brain. The word believe in Greek means to put your total trust in, your faith in, to give your life to Jesus Christ. You can do that now. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, I repent of my sin. 
I ask you to forgive me of anything I've done that goes against your will, your purpose for my life. Anything that goes against your word, I repent. Please forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus. I'm putting my faith in Jesus' death on the cross for me. My faith in Jesus. I give my life to him. Lord, just as you resurrected Jesus from the dead, I pray that you give me a brand new life in Jesus Christ. For those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? How is he speaking to us? What is God accomplishing in our life? What, how is he working in our life? How, what doors do we need to shut? How do we need to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to fight spiritual battles and live in freedom? breaking Satan's power and sin's power in our life, breaking strongholds in our life, victory over darkness, search for significance. Tell us how to have that victory, how to use the God's word and have that victory. Father, I pray that every one of us would be ready for whenever Jesus comes, I pray that we would all have put our faith in Jesus and we would be living free in Jesus Christ. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you now have the Holy Spirit inside of you and you can now you have, have the seal of God on your forehead. The seal of God. And you're under His protection. And now you, you can go to Him anytime as your Heavenly Father, your Daddy, you can go to him as. I want to encourage you to let somebody know so they can help you, be excited for you and help you grow spiritually. Let someone know. If you need a connection, uh, nhcc at comcast.net and the same thing if you're a Christian, you need help breaking a stronghold, get all those books I talked about, see a good strong Christian counselor, find a good Bible-believing church and, and, and break these strongholds, Share with another brother or sister in Christ that can help you break these. And if you need help, I'll get you connected with somehow or I'll help you get these victories. NHCC at Comcast.net. Okay, we'll finish Revelation 9 next time. It gets even crazier. God bless.